Who wants to just make a visceral and animalistic noise like I've done the last couple of times? Thank you, Chris. <laughs> that is my contribution. I have nothing more to say. I... Do, do any of us have anything to say? Uh, what, what, are, what are we still watching for? What? The memes. <laughs> Did you know that Blake Bortles is definitely starting <laughs> next week? <laughs> Did you see <sighs> fucking quarterback? Uh... Do we want to go this around is... the room and all tell our favorite thing about both quarterbacks? Say one nice thing about both Driscoll and Rippin. This is this is not lively or spirited at all. Oh, uh, okay. Nice thing, Rippin. He didn't throw behind the receiver on every throw. Indy, are you here? Looks solid. <laughs> Ryan, are you here? Yeah, I don't know. I guess they both sucked. That's, Honestly, your, that's your nice thing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done with optimism. Even though I never started it, but there's 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 nothing here for optimism. This team sucks. Sorry. Rippin had one really nice pass. That was arched so high that it reminded me of, Nic of a Nikola Jokic jumper, and it was like my last taste of basketball for the season. Wait, is that the one that he threw one yard past the line of scrimmage to like Gordon or something? It was to Judy. Oh, was that that was the one to the sideline that he threw, and it took five seconds to get there? It had it more hang also... time. It had more hang time than Sam Martin's punts today. I thought it was. I thought he was throwing it away when I first saw it. <laughs> I'm still not unconvinced. That's what he did. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think of the game? I I think that it's uh, three hours of my life. I'm not getting back. It's three you... hours of my life I could have spent helping my parents work on their deck instead of suffering through that game with my parents. My wife asked me to go do an errand with her, and I think for the first time ever during a game, my reaction wasn't... <sighs> I was just so happy to have an out. What are the memes this week, though? What can we take away from this? I'm looking forward to more... Uh... Like last week with Driscoll, once he gets reps with the ones, he'll be fine. Once Ripien gets reps with the ones, he'll be fine. I'm sure. You don't think the boat's going to be trade Bortles? Yeah, it's Bortles, man. I I'll know. tell you guys. This is this is so sparse. Nobody is talking, but I will tell you guys my favorite play, which was uh, what's his name, Dotson, the the receiver. Is there a God, Dotson? Godwin. 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 I'm sorry, Godwin. Um, when he was covered by Malik Reed. Yeah, what? He was what the covered hell was by that? Rodgers multiple times. Mm -hmm. Didn't uh, didn't Chicolo break up a pass? Yeah, I, I didn't he, even... he looked good for that one play. I didn't even think he would play. I was stunned that he was uh, active for this game. I think my favorite thing through three weeks is watching Josie Jewell get a pass for doing the thing that everybody accused Todd Davis of. On every play. But hey, but at least he's not Todd Davis. 
is what everybody's gonna say. How does how does fourteen? Could you walk me through how to make a tackle as a DB? Uh, it would seem as though you launch yourself head first into the person, and then ideally they fall down and the play is over. And Josie Jules there to finish the finish it up in case. I mean the the OJ one on the goal line, the first Godwin touchdown. It, it was a tough play to make, but I mean he could have stopped that at the one yard line if he wrapped up. I feel like, but he just dove head first, and then Godwin kind of shook him off. Leaned in, got the touchdown, and there were a couple other plays where, where OJ was doing that. And I just he was billed as this tackling corner, and I'm just not seeing it, honestly. Did you see Elliot? What were the elements of the defense you saw that weren't bad? I mean, I guess the interior pass rush, and then those guys when they're not getting home, getting their hands up and blocking, tipping some passes, like. Other than that, I really don't know what you can hang your hat on defensively. It was just, I mean, the whole, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to be too, too down on this game, but like, I, I, what, what part of this game do you like, okay, moving forward, this will be good for us. <laughs> uh, I'm willing to bet we'll see some Ojemudia takes along those lines. And that might be true. He is a rookie after all. This is his third game ever. But this is not a pass that others have received. And for some reason, he's getting it. Are we even doing this one today, guys? I'm just, I'm just, my brain just is everyone so too depressed on, or distracted. My brain is so it, focused on losing to Darnold in four days. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just I'm struggling. Um, so what the hell do I even talk about? What do I even say right now? Because you, you, like fourteen just said, there's almost nothing to uh, to look at on this team and feel good about. No fan. But they leave him blocking Jason Pierre-Paul one on one, and then of course a sack happens. Like, and I don't, I, I kind of hate when offensive coordinators get the blame just because the offense sucked. But I mean, and I, again, I think in a game where you have Jeff Driscoll who can't hit water if he fell out of a boat, there's only so much you can do. But. I just, I don't know. It just feels like top to bottom, this operation is not working. And I think, and I think, the, I think the most troubling part too is there's no real easy answers. Everyone, right. Everyone's hurt. The talent's just not on the roster. Uh, I don't know. There's just nothing. There's nothing you can turn to now except for except for Blake Bortles. It, it Blake Bortles, and next year we'll try it again. I mean, it's week three, and we're like, ah, well, maybe next time, maybe next year. I mean, is this what Jets or Lions fans feel like all the time? Yes. I can't, I can't handle it. I, this team needs to turn around soon, because this is not what we've been conditioned to uh, expect from the Broncos, man. Huh. I don't think I'm going to release this one. No, I think we got this. Let's figure it out, guys. I don't, well, if you, nobody can think of anything to talk, like that's the point of the show. If nobody has anything to say, then I'm not going to release people. Well, let's just force down by unit then. 
Mm-hmm. Let's break it down by unit then. So let's let's start with the offense. Like, what do we think the problem is? What do you think will help? What what can help this season? What can help in the future? I don't know something. Trevor uh, Lawrence. What did you think of yes, Trevor Lawrence? What did you think of the offensive line play against an admittedly good front seven? But well, I think when you're going against Todd Bowles, he's one of the he has one of the highest blitz rates amongst defensive coordinators every year he's in the league. When you are starting a Jeff Driscoll or and then you have Rippon come in, you're going to expect that number to increase. So I think people that are like, oh, well, the quarterbacks were getting hit. It's like, yeah, that was what Bowles wanted. He was sending extra pressure. He wanted. Wanted to make these quarterbacks think on their feet. So do I think the O-line played great? Not at all. But do I think it was all their fault? No. I mean, Jeff Driscoll was holding on to the ball. I, I was going to think of an analogy. I couldn't think of one. But he was just holding on to it forever. They were sending more blitzers than we had blockers. Like, yeah, that's on the quarterback. And that's been the story of the Denver Broncos since Peyton Manning left, is the quarterback just cannot handle, you know, blitzes, pressures, and we fall apart. Do you think Drew Locke coming back help, uh, helps to uh, mitigate that? I mean, I think his mobility helps, and I do think he has some, like, he, he's got pretty good pocket presence, but I, I don't know. I honestly, I'm a little worried that this this offense, you know, they're just going to keep getting blitzed, and I, I don't know if he's processing fast enough. I don't think, I didn't think he was processing that fast before he got hurt, so who knows now if he misses time. What did you think of uh, Cushenberry? I'm sorry, you cut out there. Uh, what do you think so far this season in this game of Cushenberry? I mean, I, I think in the run game he's been moving people, but we kind of knew that was happening. I, I think what's been showing up was his pass protection issues when he's isolated on a, especially a bigger defender. Vita Vea had him a couple times, and I don't know. I think the one there was one pressure. I'm not sure if it was a sack, but it looked like Reisner could have helped him out. But there were some others. Shaq Barrett's safety, you know, he didn't. Kutcherberry kind of missed him there. It just seems like pass protection is a pretty big issue right now, and it's it's enough to be concerned moving forward. That Munchak didn't just magically fix the O-line issues from last year. He might have made them worse. Well, the insistence on, on keeping Elijah Wilkinson out there, um, I, that's, the, that's the thing to me that's like, are they tanking? Are they trying to get their quarterbacks hurt? Because there's just no yeah, I don't think logical anyone explanation would, to keep him out there anymore. I don't think anyone would tank by getting Drew Locke hurt. I feel like they would tank by scheming up some bad ideas or something like that. But man, imagine the crow we would have to eat if they did put like Anderson or Dotson out there and they sucked somehow worse. I don't Is think that possible? possible? Is that I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if that would happen, but I think my concern right now, though, is that blame is going to be deflected from Wilkinson because Cushenberry struggled more in pass protection, and I, I don't think Wilkinson should get a pass because he was, you know, less noticeable than a rookie center. And I also think, too, because I think Shermer knew that his tackles, or at least Elijah Wilkinson, was um, overmatched. That's why early in the game, you saw a lot of those rollouts that we kind of saw against Tennessee, when you do that, you're you're making sure that your tackles aren't as to you know block on an island, and then eventually though, Shaq's Shaq's first sack came on reading that snuffing it out. So you had to move away from that because it wasn't working anymore. Huh? What, did we notice any receiving anything special about the receiving core today? Is there anything interesting? 
Tim Patrick looked pretty good today. Uh, half the time, his route was not, he wasn't even in his break before the play ended. Yeah. Weren't you, what do you have to say here? You were saying something about Judy doing too much, right? Too much? No, I or was on that 14. On one play, when like somebody had grabbed his arm and he kept trying to go, or his leg, or kept trying to go, like no, just get down. What do we think of Judy through three? I mean, it's tough, right? Because he's there's 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 Blind, no way said, I would be. Blind, he said three out passes from three quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I wouldn't feel comfortable at all uh, judging Judy based on who's been throwing to him for three different games. The sub Twitter. Hmm? I was gonna say the sub Twitter account pointed out that in game three, Jerry Judy has caught passes from three quarterbacks, and I think that just kind of sums up just how shitty the situation is right now. Honestly, I mean, I think at the very least, uh, it's obvious, but I'll 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 go ahead and throw some praise his way because uh i i like what he does when he gets the ball in space um just need to figure out a way to make it happen more reliably but yeah it's too early to pass too much judgment on him Uh, what about special teams i mean to be a little positive it didn't seem like there was as many big returns as there was last week so that was fun but I mean, that block punt, pretty much. This was a team that could not afford to make one mistake, and you make a mistake on your first special teams play, that's just not going to cut it. Yay, Nate? Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to release this episode. (laughs) I I don't... I'm not blaming you guys for not trying. Like, just nobody has anything to say. It's... I mean, we could just wrap it here... And you can just pump it out. It, oh, I wouldn't is... pump it out in its current state. Like we well, I was going to say, the... I'm trying to redeem this because this is like the one time I'll have to do this for a while. So, but if you guys don't want to, I understand. I mean, I I don't think it's bad to put this out there because I think this is the point of the post game, right? It's it. Yeah, you should have something to talk about, but right now this team is just so incredibly bad and there's just so little to even feel about like i'm I'm apathetic towards the team right now i'm not even at that you know fan anger like oh why can't they just pull out the win it's just like just do something to entertain me do something to make me feel like the last three and a half hours of my life were worth it I'll just read tweets. How about that? Uh, Fangio in his post game said on the switch from Driscoll to Ripian to Ripon, I just wanted to get a new guy in there and see if he could get it out of his hands quicker. Pretty blunt. But, I mean, do you think he could? I mean, do you think he was getting the ball out quicker? Um, or was it really just a project uh, product of, uh, going up against more of a prevent type defense i think i think he's definitely getting out a couple times yeah 
Yeah, I think he was trying, but you also saw after getting hit a couple times, he just a lot of it was what Drew re was reduced to is just trying to escape the pocket. Uh, they went into that, would you, would you call it an expedited offense there at the end of the first half, and they drove down the field. He was like seven for seven. So right. But then he came out with none of that urgency in the second half. I like this exchange of uh, Blindy asking who starts on Thursday, Driscoll, Ripken, or Bortles. Uh, Brock Lopstweiler responding, do you think Bortles will have enough of the playbook down to start? Blindy saying, this is going to sound sarcastic, but I'm being genuine. Does it matter? That's fair. I just need a guy who can connect to a receiver that's you know, 10 yards away from him without it taking two and a half minutes. I think that was my biggest problem with Ripton was like, okay, he was way more accurate than Driscoll. And it did seem like, you know, he knew where to get the ball more than Driscoll did, but it just, his arm looks just so weak. Even those passes in the flats, it was taken forever. And the defense was like pretty much right on top of them immediately. It just, I don't even see how you can, like, even if Rippon's accurate and he can, you know, complete some passes, like, how, who are you evaluating on that? You're pretty much evaluating, can you catch a, a pass in the flat and, you know, magically get a first down? That That's not a professional offense, you know? You can't do anything with that. Yeah. Fangio on concerns after an 0 and 3 start. Our focus is on the short week, going to New York and getting a win and moving to 1 and 3. Have to take it one week at a time. I mean, that sounds like pretty standard coach speak, right? No surviving. Yeah. <laughs> that was a special coach speak. I mean, I don't I don't blame him. What else can you say when you're 0 and 3 and you look totally lifeless going into week 4, but I don't know, like I'm trying to think how to say this because Fangio obviously has pelts on the wall and no one can really take away from his defensive legacy. But is anyone watching this defense and being like, you know, th this is a really well-coached unit that is that is playing, you know, way above their talent level. It, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but did anyone else see that? Because I didn't get that vibe at all. No, I'm 100% with you. I was... uh, they, they had Simmons playing like a cornerback role. They had him on Mike Evans. Right. I understand that they're, you know, that they're hurting and they, they don't have what they planned on going for, but like, okay, perfect example. And I know this has almost been mean to this point, but you have no pass rush right now. So what do you do? You spend half the game with Bradley Chubb lined up on slot receivers. Like how is that helping your pass rush when you're going against Tom Brady, who we know if you give him time, he will pick you apart. Like, I'm sorry. I know this is kind of like fan questioning, a you know, a tenured defensive coordinator in the league, but I just don't see how this plan was going to ever work. Not when you had an offense that was going to score at most 10 points today. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. for the defeatist attitude, but like, like how is that your game plan when you know that you have a weak offense and you're like, all right, well, we're going to let Tom Brady dink and dunk us down the field all day. I don't have anything to contend. <laughs> That's correct. Well, I think we have a lot of the similar issues we have with the offense, though, too. So, yeah, uh, we lost Boye week week one. Um, Todd Davis is no longer on this team, so we actually have what people thought Todd Davis was in Josie Jewell. Uh, 
I don't I don't know if you can properly evaluate a team that's so empty on talent right now. Other than to say that it's not a well built team. Well, so okay, this is where my big uh, problem comes with for this season. If there's not enough talent to evaluate uh, when Drew Locke comes back and this offensive line is still just a wet paper bag, uh, what what kind of real concrete decision can you actually make on Drew Locke to decide whether or not he's your franchise quarterback if everything around him is just burning to the ground? Well, again, if if I can defend the defensive, uh, the offensive line, sorry, but like, okay, they did not have a good day, and I know I said that earlier, but when you have no quarterback, like, teams know that, and they're gonna blitz the crap out of your quarterback and make them hold on to the ball or make them, you know, make a quick decision. So, if Locke is the guy that the team thinks he is, I I think you know, okay, teams want to blitz early. If he can get the ball out early, spread it around, make some plays, make them back off, I think the offensive line starts to look better because I mean. I said it. I said it in the the chat during the game. Like you could just tell the Buccaneers had zero respect for Jeff Driscoll the entire game. It was like, okay, they had uh, Nassib. What, what's his first name? He was oh. guarding a slot receiver, and then they blitzed him anyway. Like they just had zero respect for for him. And I don't know. It, ideally, if you want to hang your hat on something or have some reason for optimism going forward, it's that Drew Locke can be good enough for this offense to be competent. And then hopefully you can build from there. Here's a, here's a quote from a, the after-game presser from Rippin. I wouldn't necessarily say I was surprised. I've been prepping like I could be ready to go at any time. Which, you know, contextless, there's no tone here. That's the funniest fucking thing I've seen all day, is him saying, I wouldn't necessarily say I was surprised. I mean, I did watch Jeff all week in practice, so... <laughs> And that's the thing, too. Like, I just don't understand how – like, I was fine with not getting a great backup quarterback or whatever. You know, let Drew Locke do his thing. Who, If he got hurt, you know, I didn't want some guy to come in and make us go 6-10 and 10 or whatever. But, like, why would you sign Driscoll? And then as soon as Locke gets hurt, you need to go out and get Bortles. Like, that just pretty much says, like, oh, we did not want this guy to play at all this year. Why bother paying him? Uh I, is it possible they thought Drew Locke w- was invulnerable? I mean, it almost feels like that now, and that just kind of seems dumb. That brings up another good point. Uh, we talked about this pregame too. Uh, speaking of paying players and then not wanting to see, had them to see the field. Nick Vanette was inactive today. Another tight end that we brought in to replace Hireman. Well, they're learning from their mistakes. That's one good. would hope. But then Fant lets JPP uh, blow by him and, and sex. Well, Who was in at that point? Do you think Vanette was, was also going to stop JPP? No, I, I think Vanette is, well, he was supposedly a better blocker, right? <laughs> I've not seen any evidence to that, but. Yeah, I think that's why he, he was inactive. Is whatever reason they thought they brought him in for has been probably proven pretty false at this point. So, like, I don't, I have no expectations that then it was going to stop Jason Pierre-Paul. Does anybody can have contract numbers for Driscoll? Does anybody remember what he was signed for? I'll pull it up. 
So Jets. Jets in four days? Yeah? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, either we're bad enough uh, or just good enough to uh, get Adam Gase fired or we're bad enough to uh, let him keep his job for another week. <laughs> Exciting if you, if you, stuff. If you lose to the New York Jets, how do you think of any other possibility other than to throw in the towel on the season? If you're 0-4 coming off a loss to the New York Jets, you're, you have nothing to play for. Uh, real quick, the uh, Driscoll numbers is two years, $5 million. That's Rated. like a lot of backup. You know, the market for a backup. Jeez. The only uh, the... $2.5 guaranteed. What are the Vanette numbers? Uh, I don't remember Vanette. Oh, no. Can I ask a potentially premature question for this Jets game? Do it. If, let's say the Broncos lose, and it's not like some fluky result. They get soundly defeated by the New York Jets. Do you Do you consider... Firing Vic Fangio? Mid-season? Not that second, but I'm saying, does that start the conversation where, you know, people can't just blow off that Vic can't get fired, it's not his fault? I'm saying, does that seriously start the conversation? No. I would, I would people, say people that... People in the know that know that he's, he's looking at a raise here. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that if he gets handed, handed his ass by the Jets legitimately um he doesn't get fired this season and he's on an adam gase like you have to be this successful at this point at every you know junction of next season like he'll the mid-season could be the end of him next year i think but i mean hasn't this season proven the jets were wrong to do that like i don't know i'm not saying i would fire vic and again this is a way too premature conversation but like I don't know. I, I don't think if that's your logic, like, OK, maybe next year then like, no, if you know, he's not going to get it done. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm jumping the gun way too much, but I'm just worried that we're going to, you know, we got rid of Vance maybe a year too late. And I don't know. I'm starting to get concerned. We might be doing the same here. Well, Cody, Cody made a point on his feed saying that uh, the difference between BJ's Broncos and Fangio's Broncos is that we're clearly in a rebuild now. And I think I think 14 was saying that. Uh, we're in something. What what did you call it? It's not admitted that it's a it's a rebuild, but it's clear that it's a rebuild. Right. Yeah. They haven't come out and say that you know they're rebuilding. But when you cut a Todd Davis and when you start Elijah Wilkinson, despite you know struggling, and you have a viable alternative on the, on the bench, you know clearly you're looking towards the future with these moves. So you you think that means that uh, the Fangio has a, a longer leash then? I mean, I, I personally do think he has a longer leash. I'm just, I don't know. Like, this Jets team, they threw two pick sixes today. They are atrocious. Like, if you can't beat them, and I understand we have a lot of injuries, I, I think you start to get a little bit concerned is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, how high are you going to have to be to get fields? Yeah. I saw a mock with him going to nine, but I think that's way too low for him. Nine, really? Yeah, but I, again, I think he goes way higher than that. So we're pretty sold that we're not going to be at one. This team's not bad enough to draft the 
with the first overall pick. Depends on if we lose to the Jets. Yeah, that's I'm a huge thing. Same, this Thursday tells you where you're at. Yeah, if they lose handily to the Jets, then I I I'm going to I'm going to start assuming like moves are going to be made to maintain that one or two spot. If you lose to the Jets, do you start shift, uh, shopping Drew Locke now? You lose to the Jets, you start uh, you cut Von Miller. Oh, you um, cut him, or you try you to? Tw- you don't cut him. You you would you would I be looking at getting re- yeah maybe I don't know he's hurt though maybe you could get something yeah you'd probably get something you would be done with Von Miller I think I think if they are in a position to get Trevor Lawrence or maybe Fields then Vaughn is not playing with the team next year I think they're going to go into a full like we're we're committing real this time we're jumping as many old contracts as we can we're going to try and bring in as many people as we can with the extra cash. And we're going to be drafting high. I like. Would Simmons even be in that conversation? Well, it makes no sense to to pay big money for a safety when you're committing to basically losing for a few years. It's true. And next year, a contract for what a top three safety, you're probably looking at something like sixteen million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's part of the the plan moving forward. If they can't, uh, they can't at least be competitive in the back half of the season. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the episode. So that, yeah, that's probably the end of the episode. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if there's any. Like it's fun. I I, I thought watching this game was a lot of fun. But talking about it has not been. Have you ever seen the uh, the short film Rejected by Don Hertzfeld? No. It's fantastic. Nine minutes animated uh, about a series of commercials that were rejected by the company he was pitching it to. And the last two and a half minutes of the, the movie is just like the universe of these shared commercials collapsing in on themselves. Um, that's, that's how we should end this episode. Uh, okay. Well, you want us to collapse in on ourselves? You got sound effects, right? Uh, no. Oh, well, okay. Like, I do everything with my mouth. And also, yeah, Aaron's gone. Aaron couldn't even take it. Is that him resigning? I think so. I think he actually is no longer part of the podcast. <sighs> well, it's too hard to juggle being a mod and a host. Yeah, congratulations, Chris, on the promotion. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about Dungeons and Dragons from here on out. Well, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I didn't have anything to say at all, but I don't have anything else to say either. So, we got more. We got anything? Final words? Predictions? Any hot takes? I'll see you, gentlemen, for the the after party with the train wreck against the Jets on Thursday. Yeah. I. Uh, Episode out.